Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. that we were going to need to be able to stand. We're going to have to be able to stand. Stand against the wiles of the devil. We're going to have to understand what these last days hold for us. But the wonder of God is not responding to the day but proactively to the church of Ephesus gives us instruction that we can follow right now. Oh, hallelujah. To be able to be everything God intends for us to be, do everything he intends for us to do in these days. So are we thankful for a God that loves us that much? Amen. Amen. Turn to three or four people, give them a high five, say, I'm glad you're here, right beside me. Amen. As I was preparing this week for this message tonight, I had to call and apologize to Pastor Brom because I was supposed to cover two things, and I'm not very good at that. (laughs) Once I got started at the beginning of it, I found myself several pages in realizing I hadn't even touched the second part I was supposed to get to, and so right off the bat, even though Pastor Brom will be preaching some of these and Amen. Brother TJ will be preaching some of these. I've already thrown off the schedule. And I guess since I'm the pastor, I can do that, I guess. It wasn't a universal amen that I got there. There was was some hesitancy. We're going to have to work on that. Tonight we begin the series on the whole armor of God and its role in our lives. Not... In the church of Ephesus lives, we see what it was for them and what it meant for them. And Paul writes specifically to them. But we understand the power of the word of God. We understand the power of the word of God to be forever settled in heaven. And we understand that it is applicable and alive in our lives still today. And, but before we get to my specific assignment tonight, I want to make a couple of points of the scriptures leading up to when he specifically begins to mention the whole armor of God. The first thing being that hit my mind is, is that armor is for soldiers. Armor is not for people who plan on standing on the far off hillsides and observing from a distance. Armor is not for those who would decline to participate in the battle, but armor is specifically designed for those who have decided within their heart that they are going to be a part of the battle. Paul, in his second letter to Timothy, writes in 2 Timothy 2, 1 and 2, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace 
that is in Christ Jesus and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. The description and expectation here is of a disciple, Timothy, who would be a disciple maker. Can I get an amen? It's, a, it's an illustration, it's a, a pointed statement that, Timothy, you have been taught some things, and now you have a job and a responsibility to teach others uh, who would then go teach others on top of that. You heard it from me, Paul says, uh, pass it on to others who will be faithful with it too. The process of being a disciple and making disciples for Christ uh, is part of what it takes to be a soldier, Disciple makers are soldiers. Don't get it confused tonight. Don't let the illustrative language throw you off course. This is talking about uh, spiritual activity. It's not talking about taking up arms and going to war against humanity. It's talking about spiritual warfare. And it's talking about doing the work that God has taught us to do. And so in 2 Timothy 2 and 3, Thou therefore, he says to Timothy, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. He says, you're going to be a disciple maker, Timothy. And when you're a disciple maker, when you're an active believer reaching for other people, trying to be a help, trying to be a guide, praying and fighting spiritual warfare, you're going to have to endure hardship from time to time as a good soldier. Endure hardness means to undergo hardship, not in the same way anyone would do, but in the way a soldier does. Not just the difficulties that anybody has, not just the difficulties of normal, regular human life, but of the challenges that would come upon anyone who would decide to get in the fight. Anyone who decides, I'm done looking at it from the outside, I'm done being a spectator, I'm going to get in the fight. Soldier means warrior. And we are not born warriors. We become warriors in Christ Jesus. We are not born soldiers. We become soldiers in Christ Jesus. Paul goes on to say in 2 Timothy 2 and 4, No man that warreth entangled himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Warreth means to serve and also to contend with our own carnality. To serve and to contend with our own carnality. We may have interests and jobs and hobbies and responsibilities outside of soldiering, but they should not keep us from living a life that is pleasing to God. They should not keep us from doing that which is ordained of God, that which is pleasing to God, amen, that which is honoring God. This wonder, the wonder of it is this. Our strength to please him also comes from him. My ability to please God, that ability comes from God. Oh, hallelujah. The secret that every believer should know is that the system is rigged in your favor. The system is rigged in our favor. Stay in Christ and you can do what? 
all things through Christ which strengtheneth you. It's rigged. If you want to please God, the ability to please Him comes from Him. Oh, hallelujah. Ephesians 6.10, finally, my brethren, be strong in yourself. No. In others? No. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. This is the only place our ability to be strong can come from. It's only in the Lord. I can't be strong in the things that matter in any other way. I can't be strong against spiritual wickedness in high places. I can't get that kind of strength from anyone else or any other place. You can't train for that kind of stuff. You can't go to school for that kind of stuff. You can't work out for that kind of stuff. There is a strength that has to come from the almighty God that says if you're going to be involved in spiritual warfare and wickedness in high places, you're going to have to get that kind of strength from God. But he says, you got good news for you. God says, I'll give you the strength to do it nobody should be fearful offended or defensive about being a soldier for the Lord he has set us up for success he set us up for success Paul makes it clear to the Christians the soldiers of the church of Ephesus in Ephesians 6 put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Our enemy is not the world, even though we are told in Scripture to not love the world. Our enemy is made clear. It's not flesh and blood, but it's spiritual darkness. darkness. It's wickedness in high places. The wiles of the devil, this phrase that... Paul uses here means trickery. It means schemer, one who lies in wait, one who ambushes. That's what the wives of the devil are. He, the devil is not on board with let's both march out on the battlefield and line up and look at each other in the eye and go fight. No. He's not on board with that. He's a schemer. He's an ambusher. He lies in wait. That's what wiles of the devil devil means. This is how he fights. This is his method of warfare. Therefore, we are being given inside information on our enemy. God is telling you, I want to help you here. I want to tell you how your enemy fights. I want to tell you in advance of the way he works. And he says, because he is this way, because he will ambush you out of nowhere, because he will lie in wait, because he will do these things, you need the whole armor of God. Oh, hallelujah. Whole armor of God. We must notice and embrace our personal involvement in the matter, though. We must understand what he says exactly. Don't lose those two little short words. He says, put on. Put on. 
We can skip over those two little words and just get infatuated with the armor, and the armor is worth getting infatuated about. It's awesome. But we can miss a key element, and we can stand around waiting to somehow just wake up one day in armor. This is awesome. Where did I get all this stuff? But he says, you have to put on the whole armor of God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, come on, preacher. That sounds a little shallow into the pool there. I wish it was. I wish it was something that everybody just understood completely. And yet I routinely have to help and work with people who don't seem to understand that if you don't have a breastplate of righteousness or a shield of faith, uh, you cannot stop the fiery darts of the enemy. Put on the whole armor of God. It's available to you. God has made it available to you. He's got one in your size. You don't even have to worry about it. But you do have to put it on. Put on is a command for sure, but it can be or obeyed or ignored. It's a command. He doesn't say, do you mind putting it on? Would you please put it on? He says, put it on. And if you're a soldier in the Lord's army, then that means your highest ranking official is saying, put it on. But even though it is a command, we still can ignore it or do it. Amen. God does not give us the armor and force it into and onto us. He provides the armor and directs us in our best use of it. He says, here it is, put it on. Just so we are clear, this is all illustrative for a spiritual battle. Saul tried to make young David wear his armor into battle with Goliath, and David said no, and he trusted in God, and he was victorious. My point is simply, God doesn't need real armor to protect his people. God does use obedient, submitted warriors to fight spiritual battles, though. I said, God uses obedient, submitted warriors to fight spiritual battles. When it's something real that has to go down, he doesn't just call for anyone. When there's something real that has to go down, he's looking for somebody who has their armor on. He said, I've told them that I'm going to set them up for success. He told them that they would have the, I told them they would have the protection. I told them that they would survive. But I can't find somebody who's over here half covered in armor and not paying any attention. I got a real battle that needs to be fought right now. And I I need a soldier who's standing there ready with all of their armor on saying, Lord, use me. Oh, hallelujah. Ephesians 6, 13, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. The whole armor of God. Not just the parts and the pieces that we like. The whole armor of God. Amen. The whole armor of God. I can choose to put on or to take up the shield of faith and not put on 
the breastplate of righteousness. But I will be left exposed in that evil day to some weapon formed against me. Oh, I love as much as the next person. I love anytime I get the opportunity to say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I love it, I love it, I love it. But there's some things connected to that. I said there's some stuff connected to that. I don't get to just walk out onto the battlefield like la-dee-da-dee-da. What's going on here, fellas? In my pajamas? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. But you better have on the whole armor of God. Oh, hallelujah. You better have on the whole. Well, you say, well, I like this shield of faith. I like the sword of the spirit. I like that thing. I like this thing. Well, you better fall in love with all of it because you're going to need every bit of it because the devil, amen, is working and he's planning and he's scheming and he's setting up ambushes that there's no way that you're going to know exactly everything that's going to happen. But if you've got the armor on, it doesn't matter if he comes from the front or from the back. It doesn't come if he comes from the left or from the right. Wherever he comes from, I'm going to be protected because I have on the whole armor of God. Oh, hallelujah. Yes. Amen. I want us to understand something. Satan is forming his weapons based upon our armor. I want you to think about that for a second. He is formulating his game plan of attack. It's not random. He's formulating on it based upon the armor that we have on. Mm. I like that shield of faith. Yeah, but what about that breastplate of righteousness? Well, I don't know so much about that breastplate of righteousness. Oh, okay, the devil says. So you're saying all I have to do is get by your shield of faith. All I got to do is devise a plan that can sneak itself in past your shield of faith because you'll have no protection of righteousness. The devil is devising his warfare plan against you as an individual based upon the armor that you have on. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say amen. And so it says, the whole armor of God. And he says there is an evil day. Somebody say an evil day. There are going to be days that are harder than others. There are going to be days that are more difficult, more challenging, more hurtful, more painful, where you feel like you've been under more attack that day than you were on other days. There is also an ever-present evil. There's a perpetual enemy. I hesitate. I had to take a bunch out of my notes because anytime I say that, I think about the Philistines and that scripture that says, and the Philistines made war again with Israel. And you see that. In fact, it's the, the, the whole life of David. He's fighting. He fights all kinds of people, but the consistent battle is the Philistines. And they were the closest people. They lived closer than any other people that they fought. They lived right on the outskirts. 
They were a perpetual enemy that was always close. They're a lot like the devil they are. Always watching, always seemingly paying attention, always knowing. What are they celebrating in Israel? What's that noise coming from Israel? What are they so excited about in Israel? Oh, there's a new king in Israel. Oh, they just had a problem. The, the king's changing. Let's attack them now. Why? Because they don't have a leader. So let's attack. Always paying attention, looking, watching, seeing what their openings were. It's just like the devil. That evil day, that perpetual enemy. So he says, stand therefore, verse 14, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. NIV says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Now this is, it's interesting to note what is meant by your loins girt about. This is a call to preparation. Everybody say a call to preparation. This phrase is a call to preparation because the men in the Bible days often wore a longer uh, garment, a longer garment, or sometimes it was called a tunic or a robe that we might understand, and they would wear that as just their normal, like, kind of going around wear, but it was not suitable for work, strenuous activity, and definitely not for fighting. It was, it was encumbersome, and it, it was, they couldn't move really well in it, and so it wasn't suitable for that. And so the loins that he speaks about here are the area from the lowest rib to the hip bone. And girding one's loins prepped the individual for swift and free movement. They would gather up the extra material of this long, more flowy robe, tunic, whatever you want to call it, of their thing. They would bunch it together. They would pull it forward real tight so it came tight against their back. And then they would take that material, put it between their legs, grab it up behind them, pull it up, separate the material, and then tie it around their waist in the front. They did all of that because they needed to move. Quickly. They needed work. They needed to have freedom. They had to be able to fight. And that is what it means. When he says, gird up your loins, that's what he's talking about. Prepare yourself. It's a call to preparation for a fight that's about to take place. Oh, hallelujah. A great example is when God was ready to deliver Israel from Egypt bondage. You remember that story? And he tells them to get ready for deliverance. Amen. Exodus 12, 11. And thus shall you eat it. And this was the lamb that they slain. You shall eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. He says, I want you to be prepared. I want you to eat it. And I want you to gird your loins. And I want to get your shoes on and get your staff on. On because when I tell you to go, I need you to go quickly and I need you to move out of this place as fast as you possibly can. In 1 Kings 18, there's a drought in the land, you'll remember, and Elijah hears from God, and rain is going to come very soon. In fact, it's going to come hard and fast. And the Bible tells us in 1 Kings 18, 46, and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. He girded up his loins and he ran. 
Because God was telling him to get prepared because you got something that's about to come upon you and you need to get someplace fast and you need to be prepared. When the Bible is telling Christian, apostolic, God-fearing people, gird up your loins, he's saying, get prepared. There's a battle coming. You're going to have to go to work. You're going to have to go fighting. You're going to have to be able to move. Oh, hallelujah. Truth. Truth. Having your loins girt about with truth. Truth. <laughs> truth both holds us together and frees us up to fight. Would you hear it again? Truth both holds us together and frees us up to fight. Truth frees us from the entanglements hindering our ability to fight spiritual battles. As applied to a warrior and his army, that phrase girt about would be referencing a belt that they wore. He's not talking about that belt when he says gird up your loins. He's trying to make it very clear this is about getting prepared. But when you transfer that to the illustrative version of the warrior and his garment, it is a belt that is a part of his armor. And this was much more than just keeping their pants up. Thank God for belts. But this was much more than that. It held all of the most important weapons at a soldier's disposal. This belt of truth held equipment. It held ropes. It would hold food rations hanging from it. The belt also had strips of armor hanging from it to protect the lower portions of the body. If a soldier did not have this thick belt secured correctly, he wagered his own life on the battlefield. If he didn't have truth on correctly, he was putting himself in danger. Oh, hallelujah. If he didn't have truth positioned where it's supposed to be positioned, doing what it's supposed to be doing, and holding all of the things that it's supposed to be holding, he would be putting his life on the line when he went onto the battlefield. But thanks be to God, when you had the belt of truth right and in its right place, you could walk out onto a battlefield and know I am safe and secure in the truth. Oh, hallelujah. My God, we are so beyond, so beyond some sort of shallow into the pool petty nonsense about just proving that our belief system is, is more true than someone else's belief system. That is so nonsensical and a waste of time. This is not about trying to be like, look, we're right and everyone else is wrong. This is about the fact that lives are in danger and generations are going to hell and somebody has got to have truth in its rightful place because we're in a fight. We're not in a fight with man. We're not in a fight with religion. We're in a fight with spiritual wickedness in high places. And that matters. And we have to have truth in its right place. 
Oh, hallelujah. They were, oftentimes they had to put the belt on last. And yet it's of top priority and he starts with it. Even though when they were actually putting on their armor, they would put the belt on last. And there are illustrations, and you can read and study it out for yourself. Some people actually say that all of the other armor that is connected to them bodily was all held in its rightful place by the belt. I'm not going to go into all that. Maybe that's another series for another day. But everything else that God tells us is necessary to fight this battle is held in place by truth. Without truth, there's not much hope of having the rest of the armor. There is no righteousness. There is no peace. There is no faith. There is no salvation or ability to use those weapons of warfare. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We don't have any of that if we don't have truth. To have truth, we must come to the source of truth. John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Therefore, we find in direct contrast to Jesus in John 8, 44, when he says, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. There has been an all-out assault on truth, in our society for years and years now and generations have grown up believing that there's no such thing as absolute truth and it's a lie of hell that is still being perpetuated and we better get ourselves wrapped up in truth or we're going to get entangled in a lie. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. We don't have time to play games and mess around. We don't have time to play games and mess around. Hey, man, that's why God says, uh, hey, man, let me grab a hold uh, of a whole bunch of teenagers uh, out at a campground uh, in the middle of the winter, and I got to do something life-changing. I got to do something to blow their mind. I got to do something they'll never forget. Why? Because there's a generation growing up that says there's no absolute truth, and they're walking naked on a battlefield. But there's got to be somebody who's got truth in its right place who's going to come out and fight oh clap your hands somebody under the Lord oh hallelujah my message tonight is not to preach about all the truth that we believe I couldn't preach all of that in a message or it would take me it's about making sure we remember that there is a truth there's an unchanging truth that comes from an unchanging God. And he does not change. And so his church, oh, hallelujah. 
You say, preacher, when are you guys going to change some of that stuff that you believe? I'll change when God changes. You know, if you changed it, if you did this, you did that, I don't care. I don't want to hear it. You tell me when God changes his mind, and then I'll change my mind. But the last time I heard, the Bible said that every word was forever settled, that it's already done, that he's already said this is forever settled in heaven, and he's not going to change, and he's a God that is unchanging. So I wouldn't hold your breath uh, waiting on me to change my mind uh, about what truth is. Uh, Truth is not determined by me, and it's not determined by you, uh, and it's not determined by man's religion. Truth is determined by God. Hallelujah. He is truth. He is God. In the beginning was the word and the word was God. There is a bondage for those who cannot defend themselves against the lies. There is a bondage. There is a falling on the battlefield. There is a wounding and a despair and a taking hostage of for those who do not understand who they are in Christ Jesus. But also John 8, 31, 32, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hallelujah. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Truth makes me free. Oh, hallelujah. We are not entangled or in bondage. We're in truth. Oh, hallelujah. We have freedom to fight. We have freedom to worship unhindered and unafraid. Oh, my, I was moved by some of our young people's testimonies tonight. I was moved by some of our young people's testimonies. Learning, they're grabbing a hold of the revelation that there is freedom in Christ Jesus. There's a liberty from the lies of this world in Christ Jesus. I don't have to be entangled in the bondage and the nonsense of this world. I can be wrapped up in truth. There was a song, we never sing it as a church. There was always this one kid that would sing it as a special. And I don't remember how it all went. I just remember a line that said, I'm all wrapped up, tied up, tangled all up in Jesus. And he sang it very emphatically. I'm all wrapped up, tied up, tangled all up in Jesus. I'm all wrapped up, tied up, tangled. One of you guys want to sing it? I'm just, I'm just messing with you. Some of them were like, no, and some of them were like, I will literally kill you. I will kill you <laughs> right where you stand. <laughs> Wrapped up, tied up, tangled all up in Jesus. I don't have to be entangled in the nonsense and the sins of this world if I'm wrapped up in truth. We have freedom to fight and freedom to worship unhindered and unafraid, John 4, 23. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. He's seeking such to worship. So what does that mean? We say, well, it's talking about worship. It is talking about worship. It is. 
So that means he's seeking people that will worship him. And so, so he's looking for people that know how to raise their hands and clap their hands and sing and dance and shout. And I believe that's part of it, but that, you're missing something huge. He said, I'm looking for people who have truth, who are worshiping me in truth. You say, well, why is he looking for people? Is he going to bless us? Well, kind of. You get to be in the battle. <laughs> Some of you are like, how do I get this belt off? How do I get this? <laughs> You're blessed with opportunity to get in the battle. You're blessed with opportunity to be someone who can do something about it. Oh, I get so weary of people telling everyone what needs to happen and what they should do and what would solve all the problems. I love somebody who says, uh, 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 put me in, coach. I want to get involved. I want to do something. I've got an idea. I've got a plan. I want to be involved. It's a blessing to have God from heaven and his throne of power and authority to look down at your life and say, I see truth. Get out there on the front lines. Get out there in the battle. There's spiritual wickedness in high places. But because you got truth, you can tear down the devil's kingdoms. You can knock over his high places and his idolatry because you have truth. This truth is not just about deliverance from our past. And it's, this truth is not just about protection in our present, although it, it affects all of that. But also, let me, give me one more, one more verse. John 16, 13. How be it, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever you shall hear, that, he, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He says, I, will, I, want to, I need to show you things to come. He said, I've got deliverance from my past, and I've got protection in my present, and we thank God for that. We celebrate that. Because I, I have truth. That's why I have that. That's why you have that. Truth is what brought deliverance from your past. A lie cannot do that. A lie cannot bring deliverance from a past that was painful because of lies. Lies cannot help lies. Truth does that. And you've got, you've got protection in your present. We've got protection in our present because of truth. Not because of who we are. Not because of our name. Not because of the name on the sign. Not because of any organ. Because of truth. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. This building could burn to the ground. You still got protection. You understand what I'm saying? The tornado could come and wipe this whole thing off the face of the earth. But that does not mean you and I aren't protected. We're not protected by the structure. We're not protected by the people. We're protected by the truth. And I have protection 
from in my present and I have deliverance from my past because of truth. But we've also got an eye on the future things to come. Because I don't know, as the old saying goes, what holds tomorrow, but I know who holds tomorrow. I don't know what's coming tomorrow, but I know he does. And I have access to him. Oh, we need a, a, a new revelation, perhaps, on, on how valuable that is. We need a new revelation, perhaps, on how valuable it is when I don't know what tomorrow's going to hold, but I know who holds tomorrow. I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't know what I'm going to go through. I don't know what's coming my way, but I know he knows, and I'm connected to him. Therefore, I'm connected to that. I can't do anything about my tomorrow, but he can handle my tomorrow, and he handles me. And so I can rest, and I can be assured, and I can look into the future, and I can have hope, and I I can have faith and I can have victory. Truth says that Satan's attacks tomorrow aren't going to work either. You hear me? That's what truth is speaking. That, that belt of truth that's speaking to us tonight and it's saying, yes, the devil's going to attack you. But it's not going to work. So how in the world can you possibly believe that, preacher? Because I got truth. You take my truth away and I, I don't know what to believe. I don't know who to believe. I have no understanding of today or tomorrow. But when I've got my truth, then I can say, yeah, I know the devil. God's already told me how he works. He's an ambusher. He's probably behind that tree right now. He's just waiting on me over there behind that rock. I know how he works. He's going to jump out at me. Some fiery dart's going to come sailing in my direction out of nowhere. I know how he works, but I'm not worried about it. Because I have on truth. Truth. just talking about scripture I'm just talking about God has already told us this is how it works I don't need a prophecy about that it's already there it's already there Satan's attacks tomorrow aren't going to work and Satan's lies tomorrow aren't going to work and Satan's distractions tomorrow aren't going to work why? because I have on the whole armor of God so beautiful it's so peaceful it's so reassuring you say preacher how can you be feel peace when you got armor on that means you're going to have a fight I know I know what it means but it means I'm also going to win it means I'm also going to be victorious because I got the armor on if I didn't have the armor on put me on a beach somewhere in a hammock and I'm still going to have anxiety, worry, frustration. Take all my cares away from me and take all my responsibilities away and I'm still going to feel weight and oppression. But let me have that armor of God on me. 
and I know everything's going to be all right because it means his lies aren't going to work and it means his deception is not going to work and his attacks are not going to work. Some people go through life constantly worried about what is the devil going to do next and fear comes into their lives because they just don't know what's going to happen next. And God is working so hard in his word that you don't have to live that way. He's working so hard to get you to understand. You want to worry about something? Worry about getting your armor on. And once you get that armor on, you don't have to worry about anything anymore. Let's stand together tonight. The truth. The truth. I need to know this. I need to know that. I don't understand this. And I'm confused about that. I don't know what this means. I don't know what I'm supposed to think. Just stand there with that belt of truth on. Just stand there with that belt of truth on. With that armor of God. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week. Thank you.